You're listening to the IBS IBS podcast. This is Gaia Lamperti, and today we're joined by Mark Hauser, who is the head of F10 Europe. Thank you, Mark, for joining us. Thank you so much, Gaia, for having me. It's a pleasure. Would you like to tell our audience a bit more about F10 and maybe more specifically about the European division and what the company is focusing on right now? Totally. Gladly do so. So F10 is really the orchestrator of an innovation ecosystem. And our mission is to bring startups together with established companies in the finance and insurance industry. So that's that's our focus, making sure the collaboration, the open innovation is happening and bringing forward innovation in that space. As uh, mentioned, I'm head of Europe. With that, we oh, I am overseeing Switzerland, Spain, and also the expansion we are currently doing towards the Nordic. A part of that, we also have a business in Asia with a hub in Singapore. And in the Nordics, currently, the focus is uh, really to get onto the map with the topic of climate meets fintech. So we call it climate fintech, and it's really the overlap of climate-related topics. So the E in the ESG, the environmental part, with finance as the overlap topic. Amazing. Thank you very much for that. And I imagine that if the company engages so much with the ecosystem of startups and emerging companies in the financial services industry, the company is able to spot straight on some of the major trends and the and the biggest innovations happening in the sphere. So one of the you know biggest buzzwords of this year is probably the metaverse. And so the reason why we are having this conversation today is to sort of explore what is the early on engagement that some of these startups in the financial industry are having with the with the metaverse and everything that will come with it um so maybe just just to start would you like to briefly define what the metaverse would mean for this company and some of the trends you're seeing early on in the ecosystem yes gladly so right and we have uh, defined two focus topics for f10 this year one is really the climate topic that i touched before that's also the reason why we expand into the nordics and the second one is everything web free and under web free obviously we have defi decentralized finance, we have also the metaverse. And the metaverse is uh, the focus we'll also have in today's session. And we think of the metaverse as the overlap of four elements that now come together and basically um, merge. So one element is the entire virtual reality, augmented reality, where you have the overlap of the real world with the digital world. So that's one element. This is combined with the 3D worlds, the gaming, um, all uh, elements that are happening there. On the third side, we have everything that is, has been social media. So it's a social interaction. It's meeting people. It's getting to know. It's bringing content out as well. So in the past, it was posting pictures. Now it's maybe creating an NFT collection, maybe uh, something you can wear in the metaverse or just a game that uh, creators uh, develop. And this is now also overlaid with everything blockchain and digital assets. And so if these four things come together and merge, this is where we see the metaverse happening. Really the social engagement in a digital 3D world uh, empowered by, at least in the open metaverse, it's empowered by blockchain technology. That's so fascinating. Thank you for the introduction. And as you rightly mentioned, the metaverse and at large Web3, right, the, the new era of the web is already affecting 
many industries. You mentioned how it may impact the gaming industry, the probably marketing, retail, and obviously financial services. I've been reading recently a lot of banks are already, so that they, even the traditional side of financial services are already exploring this new technology and starting to create some platforms to early on tick their toes in, in this new, rightly so, universe. You also have a background in investment banking, if I'm correct to say so. Um, so maybe you could give us a 360 perspective on how both uh, more traditional financial institutions and the new fintechs are engaging with the metaverse and how this innovative platform will affect the way we handle money, we save, we transact, pay, and so on. Yes, thank you very much. So my background actually is more in the wealth management space. I was six years in, in UBS in, in the wealth management division and really started in the products through sales management and in the end also in the digital tools and basically the, the mobile app towards the wealthy clients. Um, I'd, I'd like to maybe say a few things. Number one is we see indeed many banks getting involved, mainly, unfortunately, still the big ones outside of Switzerland. We're trying to change that and uh, we are in good discussions with, uh, with many. But for example, JP Morgan, they opened their, their lounge in the Decentraland, so really in, an, in a blockchain-based um, metaverse, not a meta um, like formerly Facebook, um, Metaverse, that is more closed, that is company owned. And here it's really decentralized and owned by the people. We have seen HSBC going into the sandbox. We see um, the CM Commercial Bank from Thailand, especially their, their daughter company, 10X, that is their digital bank, even setting up the headquarters in the sandbox, Fidelity moving into the central end and then end, right? And also we have seen in Switzerland, maybe one example is uh, Julius Baer, who have opened um, yeah, basically a challenge in Roblox. So now this is uh, not on the blockchain and they represent their headquarters and give an opportunity for new joiners to, to engage and explore, get to know them. So that's the big banks that are getting involved in the topic. And what I like is really that it's now is the time to build the muscle for something that will come down the line. So if as a big company, you start to involve, to be involved more and more and just build the, the muscle, the muscle memory as well, like picking, picking it up and really getting the hands into the doing, not just talking. We see too many companies just doing the talking. And I think the benefit really lies in, in doing things and exploring and just getting also the entire um, um, people, right? The people base, the employees being part of it and let them explore. So that's, that's one part, right? That we see this happening on the big companies. Obviously, the startups are more nimble. They are faster. They are um, moving ahead and do already a lot in the metaverse. I think we are still very, very early. I always compare it a bit to what we have seen in the internet times in 94, 5, 6, 7. We couldn't imagine what we have now. This is the time pre-Google, pre-YouTube, pre-Facebook, pre-everything that we think today is just has been part of us forever, but it hasn't really. Like in the last 25 years, so much has changed and um, we are still very early and we can't imagine what the metaverse will really bring. I think when we then talk about what 
is relevant for wealth management, but also banks in general in the metaverse. My view is that a lot of the what, the services that clients um, will want, doesn't really change. So it's still about education. It's still about onboarding into the space. A lot of effort will need to be done on onboarding. And I think the banks have a excellent history in onboarding people first maybe to e-banking then to mobile banking explaining them more and more complex products as well structured products maybe or discretionary mandate solutions which they have an excellent track record and would be super positioned because they know the clients they have the history of trust and now they could bring the people into the new world into the metaverse as well and then in the metaverse it's again it's investment advice so what should I buy? Should I buy a board AP Yacht Club these days? I don't know. Maybe, right? They dropped quite significantly. But where do I get the advice from that I trust as well? Then obviously trading, lending, borrowing, also FX on exchange will, will also happen in the metaverse. In every decentralized metaverse like Decentraland or Sandbox or the other side, you have a local currency that is specific for that, let's call it country. Right? It's uh, in another dimension, but basically if you move there, you almost move into another country where you have an FX risk, where maybe it's not everything developed. Um, you don't know exactly what is the local um, culture. Um, and so you need to be very open, but the needs per se don't really change. Only the how will be different. It's less through a centralized organization. A lot happens peer to peer directly. It's um, trust into the code rather than trust into people. So it's what they many call it trustless. It's in my view, it's just a shift of trust. You need to trust that the smart contract works well. But if you this has been tested, these are obviously on the blockchain. They are open source. Everyone can read them, and a lot of validation will happen much more than maybe if it was in a closed environment. Moves and as a result, it moves from a manual way of doing things into a fully programmed automatic directly and decentralized world so this is a little bit on on the on the how that will change in the future so interesting yes and definitely the benefits are clear so while while you were describing that i was wondering what would f10 say to its network or how would advise them to get ready for the rise of the metaverse? What are the steps that maybe some startups should put in place if they want to jump on this opportunity? I normally structure it in three, three steps. Number one is be a student. Go out, learn and read and just get the information in. A lot is happening in Twitter, in Discord channels, maybe in Telegram channels or Telegram groups. Less in books, right? The books are still to be written on what we see now. Having said that, I would still recommend everyone uh, read Snow Crash, um, Neil Stevenson's 1992 novel, basically talking about the environment we are getting now with a metaverse, with a real life um, and the coexistence of the two. That's number one, be a student. Number two is be an explorer. Put your hands as an individual, really connect, immerse, experience the VR sessions that are possible now, but also go to the not yet so established and very fancy environments on the decentral uh, metaverse. So if you go, for example, to decentral and many would have expected more. But as said, we are in 1995, 97. My mom at the time would always call in into my room and say, go out of the Internet. I'm expecting a call. 
because it didn't work in parallel. And when I wanted to watch a movie, I would download it overnight and in the morning realize, oh, it's the wrong language and quality is not good enough and do it all again. Today I do click and stream and it plays. So streaming as the equivalent of streaming for the metaverse, making everything seamless and super easy is just not there yet. So we're still early, but be there, be an explorer is number two. And number three is really be a doer and do something yourself. Maybe mint an NFT, maybe um, create an environment, maybe put a scene on somebody's land, you know, and just try to, to really do things and not just talk and read. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mark. And before I let you go, one curiosity. So according to your analogy, if right now in our journey of designing the metaverse, we are like in the early 90s of the internet, is it likely that in 15, 20 years, we'll be able to manage our money and to fully transact in the metaverse? So 15, 20 years, is, it's a long, long, long period, right? And I think when we are moving in, in a space at an exponential speed, a lot can happen in five years, right? And the question is, are we keeping the exponential speed up or is there something intervening and we are having a slowdown period? If we keep the speed up, I'm very positive that in already five years time, we will actually... Um, see the metaverse as a reality we'll see things that we can't imagine today we'll see um, a lot of elements that we today say well that's far far out but it's actually then happening for example if you believe gartner they say already by 2026 25 of the people will spend at least one hour every day in the metaverse their predictions like they obviously look into the future and it's their job to to be on the on top of the trends. So um, having said that, I am a believer. And I also think if we get the wider audience and everyone engaged and also inspired and excited about what is there to come, we will be moving super, super fast because the ground technologies are now being ready. We have 5G internet. We have um, good, good devices. AI is getting better. Um, modeling is getting better. Um, the blockchain technology is getting better and this more is maturing, allowing for more transactions to happen. Um, so a lot is ready. Um, it still needs a little bit of work on the augmented reality part. I think there, the tech is not 100% there. But um, also in the next few years, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of progress that is already happening. Also, if you look at the next generation of the, of the Meta, the Oculus Rift, now Oculus Quest, and I don't know if they have a new name for the third one, but now we have Oculus Quest 2. And the next iteration is very much crazy improvement. It looks almost like real. They call it the, the visual touring test that they are trying to solve now. Obviously, the analogy to the touring test in the past do I recognize as a person if I write to a real person or do I write to a computer, an AI? And now the question is, do I realize if that's real or virtual, what I see on, on my goggles? And this, this will come sooner than we think these days. Well, I'm definitely excited. Thank you very much, Mark Hauser, head of F10 Europe. The pleasure is all mine, Gaia. Thanks a lot.